brother. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Let's stand as we honor God's word by standing, and uh, I'm going to read verses 6 through 8 of 2 Timothy 4. Uh, if you would um, turn there, and, and uh, the title of my message today as I read this, the title of my message today is The Testimony of a Dying Child of God. And uh, so this has to do with the Apostle Paul who knew that death was imminent, that uh, it was going to come. Some say uh, the day or two after he wrote this. But anyway, um, we want to read this. In, in the sixth verse of the second Timothy 4 says, For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the blessings of it. We thank you for those who have come out this morning, Lord, and we pray that you'll see fit to bless each and every one of them as they're here today, that they'll leave here believing and knowing it was good to be into the house of the Lord once again. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. You know, I, you know, I see preachers giving their little devotions on Facebook, and and uh, I, I thought, well, should I give a little devotion on Facebook or should I just give a little devotion here at church? But this morning I chose to do a little devotion here before I start this message. Um, and this, this is very quick. It's not too, uh, it's not too long. But um, if you'll remember... Back in uh, the days of Pharaoh and Moses, when the children of Israel was captive by the Egyptians and they were, they were uh, treated as slaves, that God brought ten plagues upon uh, uh, the world in that day, upon that world in that day. And each time that Moses would go to ask Pharaoh if they could go worship, and Pharaoh would say no, then a plague would, would, would come after that. But then there was one time when uh, Moses went and asked Pharaoh if they could go worship. Pharaoh said, you can go, but you have to leave your children with us. And what did Moses tell him? We won't do that. We're not going to do that. He said, our children are going to go worship with us. I, I wish today just just a caption of that small, uh, short devotion, I wish today that people would, would realize that again today. I, I know there's people sitting in here right now who lived in a home where they had to be in church. And uh, I know that. I didn't. I, I didn't because I, I wasn't raised by a church-going family. But uh, I do know that when Rhonda and I were coming up, our girls will testify to that, that they had to be with us when we went to church. And uh, 
a matter of fact, I think uh, I think one time I had to stop the car and and maybe spank one of them for not acting the way they should act when they're going to church. And uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to say which one that was, but I, I am going to say that she said a cuss word. Uh, but uh, but 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 anyway, uh, and uh, and I had to stop the car and and get out and and whip her right there on the road, and uh, so uh, that's the way we used to be. That's the way it used to be when children had to be in church. But nowadays, people think that if if they just bunch up together and go somewhere, all of them's got to go. I can't help it, folks. I'm just telling you the difference we have today than it was even back in my day when 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 I was first saved and I first started preaching you know it, it's 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 mandatory it was mandatory the children had to be in church with their parents well it was that way back in Moses day too you know Moses said we won't go worship if our children can't go so that's, that's important. So that's a little extra today. Testimony of a dying child of God. Have you ever heard a testimony of a dying ch- a child of God? Well, I have. I have. But I've, I've been with a lot of dying people over the last 53 years as I, I've been pastor. Pastor. And I've been, I've been with a lot of dying people. But I've only had one that I can remember that had a dying testimony when they died and that was brother Joe Wilson that's the only one I can remember that had a dying testimony we we went out to Tulsa Oklahoma as a matter of fact I got a uh, I got a text the other day from the church out there in Tulsa and one of the ladies that's a member was a member of the church out there uh, she texts me but um, anyway uh Brother Troy, Brother John Pruitt, and I went to see Brother um, um, Brother Joe Wilson, and Brother Joe Wilson was laying in the bed, and he he was weak, very weak. But he he preached us a message, and he died two days after that. He preached us a message right there about uh, dying and, and about going to be with the Lord. You know, you don't hear that any, any, you don't hear that very often. You know, most people, well, a lot of people are not, uh, they're not alert as when they're dying, but there are a lot of people are, and a lot of people who know they're going to die, and, and let me go to this point. Uh, there's one person I know of that came in and gave me her testimony about a week before she died, and that was Sister Deborah, and uh, and and she came in there and sat in my study, and she gave me her testimony before she passed away, and she came right straight in here. She went in the study in here, and she passed out, and that's when they had to take her. I think Christy had to take her to the to the hospital there in Atlanta, and that's where she passed away at. So uh, so yeah, there's people who who do give their testimony before they pass away. Well, this was Paul. Paul knew that his day was coming. He knew that it was time for him to, 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 to come. So, so this is his testimony that he had. 
The, the Apostle Paul gave his testimony, or this testimony, when he was imprisoned in a dark dungeon in Rome. Now, he, he was down in a dark dungeon, and, and he gave this testimony. He was waiting to be taken to the guillotine to have his head removed from his body. Now, I don't know. Some say that they did it with a sword. Some say they did it on a guillotine. I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. But, but I do know that he lost his head about a day or two after th this testimony. And so, uh, so this was uh, Paul's testimony. The apostle thought of his past life he had lived. And here's, here's, here's his testimony. He thought of his past life that he lived. He had lived his present condition and his future life. What was, what was it all going to be like? He talked about those. In those verses I read to you, he talked about those three things. His past life, he talked about his present life that he was living, and he talked about his, his future life that, was, that he was going to uh, while he was there. Now, this is, this is very important. And the question I have, as far as this introduction is concerned, the question I have is, what will we think about when we are on our deathbed? Think about that for just a moment. What will you think about when you're on your deathbed? Do you have enough faith to die? You know, a lot of people's got faith to live. A lot of people can stand up right in here and say, well, boy, I got faith. I got faith in the Lord. And I see it on Facebook, just all over Facebook. People talking about the faith they have and the faith they have in the Lord and the faith that they have the Lord's going to take care of them. But then it, it not only takes faith to live, but it takes faith to die. And, and I know, because I've seen it too many times, I know people will dispute, people, people almost dispute everything you say when you talk about that. They almost dispute everything you say, just like talking about Brother Joe Wilson and Sister Deborah. Let them say, well, now, now she didn't know that, but she did know it. Some of us, I, I just want to make that clear to you. She did know it. And, and she gave me her testimony back there for almost an hour back there in my study. And, and so, but uh, yes, there are people who have a testimony, and they, they know that their time is coming soon, and they have a testimony as far as that goes. The great apostle thought upon his victorious life. He thought upon the victorious life he had. He had a winning life. He likened his past life as a soldier in a great battle. He said, I have fought a good fight, in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. Let me tell you, folks, this life that we live in right now is a battle. It's a battle. I mean, when we're, when we're faced with this COVID-19, COVID, not COVID, COVID-19, when we're faced with this, then we're in a battle. We're in a battle right now. You know, we, we don't know what to do. We, we don't know where to go. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know if the next person we talk to is going to cough little droplets all over us. We, we don't know these things. And so thereby, you know, uh, we don't know. And I'm sure, I, I'm sure that those folks right here at Landmark Baptist Church who has had it, you better be thankful to God everything went, went the way it did. You know, and you better be thankful that God was watching over you when these things took place. Because I want to tell you, he can make it worse on you than you think he can. 
And the gratitude that some people have just amazes me. There's no gratitude there. There's just no gratitude there. There's no gratitude to what God has done. Listen, folks, I came in here this morning, and I had a prayer meeting with myself, praying that God would give me the voice and would give me the the opportunity just to preach this message. I said, Lord, I don't care if I cough my head off when I get done. Just Just give me a clear throat and a clear time to preach this message that you've given me to preach. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the great apostle, he likened his past life as a soldier in a battle. He had been through a glorious battle for the Lord. His good fight was one of faith against all all principalities, all powers, against all rulers of darkness of this present world. That was his battle. Paul talks about his battle in Ephesians 6. He talks about the battle that he had. He talks about, he he said, we're not fighting flesh and blood. He said, I'm not fighting flesh and blood. You're not fighting flesh and blood. That's easy to do. That's easy to do. That used to be the easiest thing ever was. You know, I'd have somebody owe me money, and they'll say, well, I, I I can't give it to you. I'll say, well, you want me to take it out of your hide? They said, they said, I would love to pay my bills like that. I'd love to pay my bills like that. But let me tell you, folks, we've got to realize that we're in a war. We're in a battle. We're in a battle today, and the way some people treat that, I'm going to tell you, Brother Sam knows as well as I do, you'd be kicked out of the military if you act like some people do in this battle. They wouldn't have you in there. <clears throat> they wouldn't have you. You wouldn't be worth 10 cents to anybody if, 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 if you had that attitude when you was really uh, in, in the military. <clears throat> he likened himself as a racer in a race of life. He said, I have finished my course in verse 7. His course was marked out for him. His course was marked out for him. His course was marked out for him. Just like our course is marked out for us. It's a shame how that we can get off course. You know, old Yogi Baird used to say, he'd say, when you come to the forks in the road, take it. Somebody asked asked Yogi Baird one time, said, said, what do you mean by that? He said, I just said, if you come to the forks in the road, take it. Well, that's the way some people are. You know, they, they, just, they just take whichever road they want to take. Paul didn't do that. Paul said, I stayed on the course. I ran the race, and, and I, I, I won. I won the race. He wasn't running against anybody else. He was running against, he was running against the commandments and the power of God as he ran that race. I have finished my course. His course was marked out for him just as our course is marked out for us. Oh, yeah. Our course has been marked out for us. I I preached that Sunday, uh, Wednesday night. I don't know how many caught it that we're here. I preached that Wednesday night. I preached Wednesday night on his workmanship. Maybe that was last Sunday. I don't know, but it's just recently. I I preached on his workmanship. He has laid out our course for us, 
And if we're going to win this race, we're going to have to follow that course. Or you're going to be in dire need when death comes to you. You're not going to be like some people who, who just uh, have, a, have a great testimony when that time comes. When that time comes, if you, if you haven't followed that course the Lord has laid out for you, when that time comes, you're going to be in a dreadful condition. You're going to be kicking and screaming and carrying on and going on and just wondering, you know, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? How many of us here today think upon those things? The great apostle thought upon his present condition. He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Now, he was in a dungeon. He was in a dark dungeon. And, and, and he was in Rome. And he was in a dark dungeon. He, was, he didn't even have light. Of course, it didn't make any difference to him because he was almost blind. Paul didn't mind being in the dark because he was almost blind anyway. Some, some say he was legally completely blind. But I want to tell you, he was in a dark dungeon. And he, and he said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand in verse 6. He knew what was coming next in his life. He knew what would be the next move in his life. How many of you know what's going to be the next move in your life today? I mean this. I want you to listen to me. How many of you know what your next move is going to be in your life? Oh, they some people have got things all planned out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I've got to get away. I've got to get out of here. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You already got your life planned out. You're not going to let nothing interfere with those plans you have. You're not going to let me interfere with them. You're not going to let the church interfere with them. You're not going to let anybody. You've got them planned out what you're going to do, and you're going to follow them. But it's going to be a disaster. I'm telling you. It's going to be a disaster. Paul knew what was going to be his next thing. He was going to lay his head down like a turkey gobbler would and lay his hand down. And they were, I don't know if they took a sword and chopped his head off or if it was a guillotine. They cut his head off. That's like somebody put on Facebook, some farmer went over and got a turkey and he had it in his arms and he was taking it. He was taking it away and one, one, there's three turkeys. One turkey said to the other one, said he must be going to the dentist because I heard that they were going to fill a cavity. You don't know what your next move is going to be. You don't have any idea. You know, we, we live our lives every, and we're going to see this in just a moment. We live our lives every day with the anticipation that this may be our last day. This may be my last message I preach. You folks know what I've prayed. I've prayed for years. Lord, when I preach my last message, I want to drop dead. I want to drop dead right here. So who knows what's next in your life? Paul says, I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm ready to go now. 
Right now I'm ready to be offered. Some say it's a couple days after this. But he said, I'm ready right now to go. He knew what was coming next in his life. He knew it was death. You know, the next great event in our life is going to be death. Say that one more time. The next great event in our life is going to be death. Oh, you say Thanksgiving Day is going to be wonderful. There, some of our families getting together out at Neil and Becky's, and uh, we're going to have a dinner, and, and and we're going to have it out there. That's not that's not the next great event in your life. You want to say, well, Christmas is coming. That's going to be my next great event in my life. It's not going to be your next great event in your life. The next great event in your life is going to be death. Because it's going to come. He knew it was death. How many today know what is coming next in their life? It could very well be death. It was Moses who said, listen this now. This, I, had, I quoted this to a man here sometime back, not here. I quoted to a man here sometime back, and he said, don't, uh, he said, don't talk about that to me. Because he said, I, I, I'm, I'm above that age. It was Moses who said, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. That's 70 years, 70 years, 70 years. As far as I know, there's only two of us in here that have reached that. That's 70 years. If by reason of strength that it be fourscore, that's 80 years. He didn't say you couldn't live to be 80 years old, but he said, if you do, yet is their their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. And regardless of what someone said one day, we fly away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the next great event in your life. Three score and ten. I heard Neil say I'm 51 years old. Well, I won't be living to see it, Neil, but there'll be someday you'll stand up there and say I'm 75 years old. I'm 76 years old. Lord yeah, Lord willing. Let me tell you, folks, we soon come to know what is coming next by reason of age. What will our testimony be at that time? I, I, I have prayed that I can preach my testimony up until the very moment. I have prayed that. Luke said, But the Lord said unto him, said unto Ananias, this is what he told him to tell Saul, who, who had just been saved, who was blind, had just been saved, on the road to Damascus, and here's what Luke wrote in the book of Acts. He said, Ananias went to tell Saul by instructions from the Lord. Here's what the Lord said you, you tell him. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel, vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he shall suffer for my name's sake. 
God says, I'll show him. Oh, we try to get out of that suffering. We try to get out of that suffering. We won't witness to our loved ones because we're scared to death. We're going to make them mad. We, we won't tell people what they should be doing or what they need to be doing. Or he's going to make them mad. You know, we, we've done gotten, we've done just about gotten away from talking about discipline. Because we're scared to death. This race was for the great apostle Paul to run in the way God in the way of God's commandments. It is the Lord's care. I'm sorry. It is the Lord's care to see him see he finish that course. The very same is for each of us. God has put us in a race. He has given us our commandments or our commission, and He will see to it we finish that course. Now, how many of you done fallen off of it? How many done, how many done got out of that race? How many of you have, have seen other things that you like better than serving the Lord? I'm serious about these things today, folks. This could be my last message. I'm serious about these things now, folks. I tell you. I've been pastoring for 53 years, and if, and if I live to August, first Sunday in August, I'll be pastoring 54 years. Never been without a church. Never been without a people to preach to. God set that path for me way back there, a long time ago. And I knew that, and I know God set me on that path. I told somebody here a while back that when I was pastoring a church up in Illinois, I drove 364 miles, almost 365 miles, every Friday. And on Sunday night, they had an 8 o'clock service, and I tried to get them to move it up so I could get home on time. They wouldn't do it. 8, eight o'clock service. We got out of it, and I had 364-plus miles to drive home. And I had to get up the next morning and go to school. And I had to go that night and go to work. See, God laid that course out for me. You'll say, well, how did you make it? Because God laid that course out for me, and I'm following it today. I'm following it right now. God laid that course out for me. And I'm following it. God gave me my commission. He gave me my commandments. You know what he say? Preach the gospel to every creature. Oh. You know, we fail to do that. We fail so often. We know whether we have always done what God would have us to do. Let me tell you, folks, there will be much shame when we stand before the Lord in judgment. Paul wasn't ashamed to face the Lord. He said, I'm ready. 
He wasn't a shame-faced Lord. How much shame is that going to be when we get in judgment? When we stand before the Lord and the Lord say, you didn't do what I told you to do. You didn't do what I gave you to do. The great apostle thought upon the future or his future. He said, henceforth, or yeah, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I like the last part of that statement. Not only is he going to give it to Paul, but he's going to give it to everyone that loves his appearing. We should live our lives, every day of our lives, thinking that this is going to be the day that he's going to come back. What if the Lord came back and we were doing something we shouldn't be doing? What's that going to be like? What's that going to be like? What, what if the Lord came back and we're somewhere we shouldn't be? We know, we know what's right and what's wrong. There's not a person in this building, there's not a member of Landmark Baptist Church that doesn't know where they're supposed to be on Sundays. Not a one of them. But then you have people who will move away where they don't even have a church to go to. You'll have people who will do things, who will bring things into their life where they don't they can't be in church every Sunday, every Lord's Day. I like that last part, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Does this not imply that loving his appearing has a gracious influence upon our lives? It sure does. We live our whole righteous life looking for him to come back for us. As a saved person, that's what we live our life for, for him to come back. And Oh, I, I hear people who say, well, I, I'll be glad when that time comes. Well, what if that time comes when you're half naked on the beach? What if that time comes when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing? You, you may be drinking or cursing or, or lying or cheating or something like that. God said all men are liars. We don't have to practice it just because God said all men are liars. What you going to do? Sit here and tell what you going to do. Take yourself. What you going to do if the Lord comes back and catch you doing those things? How are you going to face him? Well, you're going to face him. Either in the judgment seat of Christ where he's going to judge you according to the life you live. That's not going to be fun. That's not going to be a wonderful thing. We never get tired of waiting and watching. We wait and we watch as the scoffers who say we are crazy. They say it is not going to happen. Yes, it will. It will happen. It's going to happen. The Lord's going to come back someday. Someday you're going to see that eastern sky. 
It's going to be dark all around you, and you're going to see that eastern sky lit up. We talk about daylight bulbs in here, LED bulbs in here. Well, that's going to be greater than any LED bulb when it lights up that eastern sky. Cast your eyes upon the eastern sky because your redemption draweth near. Shelly just told me today that that, that uh, chief of Jeff deputies or something like that was in her office when he had the stroke at the jail. You never know. You never know. And I ask you today, I'm not we're not gonna sing a song today because you know, you know you know whether you're lost or saved. I had one time I had we had to we, we'd already dismissed and we had to recall the folks come back in because people were saved afterwards. I had that to happen at a revival I was preaching back several years ago. We closed the meeting and me and the pastor was walking out the back door. Two people came and grabbed us by the arm and said, we want to be saved. You don't, have, you don't have to have a song sung. You don't even have to walk this church aisle. All you have to do when you walk this church aisle, you're coming up here to tell people, I'm not ashamed that the Lord has saved me. I'm not ashamed that the Lord, but the Lord has saved me. Let me tell you, don't be ashamed if the Lord saves you. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. All right, let's all stand if you would. And I'm going to let you go.